Welcome to the Stull Community of Faith podcast. May you be blessed as you listen to our Sunday scripture and message by Pastor Kyle Scheidemann. All right, our scripture today is from Mark 1, 4 to 11. And I'll have to tell you a little bit of an interesting story if I can tell you. Three of my grandkids got Bibles last night for Christmas. And the oldest one asked me, Grandma, what verse should we read? So I gave them this one to read. And they really were excited and they talked about it a lot. So just thought I would share that little tidbit. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. And this was his message. After, he, after me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose adults I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and he was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open, and the Spirit was descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you for sharing that reading with us, Carolyn. And now may the words of my mouth, but the meditations from all of our hearts, be acceptable to you, O Lord, our God and our Creator. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, drive away the chaff that the kernel left behind might truly nourish us. We ask this in the peace and comfort of the Holy Gospels. Amen. You know, it just seems like we were here Christmas, you know. And um, already, as we start into our, our Scripture, my gosh, 30 years have passed since we were last here. Man, when they say time goes fast, they're not kidding. <laughs> so here we are. Uh, you know, we, we were just thinking about J Jesus was, was just still a baby just, just a few days ago when, when Matthew's version of the Christmas story was read and, and Christ's epiphany was yesterday and it was celebrated all around the world. Now here's Jesus, and he's beginning his ministry. And we remember the baptism by John and the baptizer in the, in the River Jordan. And now he only has about three years to preach and to teach and to heal. And then he's going to die on a criminal's cross despite the fact that he did no wrong. And we know at the very beginning of his ministry, the end is, is almost in sight. And so his baptism was the beginning of his death. And he died by water before he died on Calvary. 
Now, of all the baptisms that you and I have probably witnessed over the years, most have, most have gone without a hitch. Oh, you know, there might be a, might be a, little, a little infant that might have kind of screamed out a little bit if, if the water was a little too cold when they got splashed. Or, or maybe there was a little toddler that kind of uh, wiggled free and started running back up the aisle before being scooped up and, and, and brought back up. Or, what's that? <laughs> there you go. So what's happened, see? Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, or, you know, uh, in, the, in the cowboy church services I used to do, we, we, we had, uh, we had uh, baptism in, in, in stock tanks. And sometimes you, you might uh, get into the tank, forget, oh, my gosh, I left my, my smartphone in there or my keys or my wallet, you know. But, but, but for most part, the baptisms just pretty much went according to plan. You know, the words were spoken, promises were made, and by golly, somebody got wet. A question that I had asked me just a couple of weeks ago, what is baptism anyway? What is the big deal, you know? Well, I want to tell you what it is. I'll try to. It is the moment when God announces a claim on us through water and the Word. God announces that we are citizens of a new dominion. Perhaps before we even know it, God gathers us in a love that precedes all human relationships, a love that comes before every family tie. And baptism announces that we belong to God and how good it is to know that that happens at every baptism. According to our scripture text, there is no doubt that God the Father was claiming Jesus as his own when Jesus was baptized. And all the accounts that we have read and been told over the years lead us to an event that was accomplished by astonishing signs. As Jesus came up from the water, he saw the heavens were ripped open. And the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, came down like a dove and landed on top of him. And then... There was the great voice that spoke the coronation words that we hear from the second psalm. He says, you are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Mark does not describe the actual baptism of Jesus in elaborate detail, but the signs confirm it truly took place. You know, there is no way that the church could, could ever have dreamed up a story like the baptism of Jesus. Frankly, it's really it's too embarrassing. John was there in the, in the Jordan River. He was baptizing people as a sign of repentance, of turning away from their evil ways. And then Jesus presented himself. Did Jesus come to the river to repent well of course we don't think so but his arrival was very hard to explain what we can say is that 
Jesus arrived to stand among them. The church just could not have invented a tale like that. But every New Testament scholar affirms the baptism of Jesus was a historical event. It really did happen. And the account is, is, is loaded with significance. The prophet Isaiah had prayed, Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. And that's exactly what happened at the Jordan River. The heavens were literally torn open, presumably from the other side. Mark uses the same verb to describe the tearing of the temple veil at the, de at the death of Jesus. The message is the same. God has come decisively in Jesus of Nazareth. In him, the holy will not remain hidden in heaven. The rule of God has broken into human life. And so this is how Mark inaugurates his story. This is the true beginning of the good news. The moment when Jesus first walks into the picture. In the Gospel of, of Mark, we do not really know anything about him until he's standing hip-deep in the Jordan River. And there are, there's no shepherds. There's no wise men. Uh, there's no angels. There's not a single mention of, of Mary and Joseph. There's no manger. There is no temple dedication. No one singing Christmas carols by Simeon and Anna. There is only a baptism, as if to say, here is how it all began. This is when Jesus began to make a difference in people's lives. This is when heaven touched down on earth, and his work began when he was baptized. For what happened when Jesus came out of the water? Well, Suddenly, he's, he's hurled into the wilderness to, to battle all the, the, battle the devil, devil and demons. He steps onto their own turf to take them on and returns from the wilderness, triumphant. And then he goes to a sleepy synagogue in a small fishing village, and he begins to preach. And just as he speaks, a man in the fifth pew stands up and starts to yell at Jesus. And Jesus yells back at him. And then the man screams, and Jesus screams. And Jesus says, hush up. And suddenly, that man is healed. And the congregation that is there says, we have never heard a sermon like that before. And Jesus teaches the congregation and he mends the man. So immediately he goes to the house of, of Simon and Andrew, where Simon's mother-in-law is in bed. She has a, a fever. Jesus takes her by the hand. He lifts her and chases away the fever. Matter of fact, she feels so good, she fixes him lunch. Well, you can imagine immediately the word starts spreading. Even though it was Sabbath and he wasn't supposed to heal, suddenly they got very busy. And the people started bringing all their damaged neighbors. He healed each and every one of them. 
It was just in a day's work, preaching, teaching, and saving the world. But remember how it all got started? It was when Jesus was baptized. Baptism is the moment when God says, you belong to me, and I am sending you in the world to make a difference, to make a constructive difference, to make a holy difference. The heavens have been ripped open, and there is no word that they have been stitched shut. The Spirit comes down, lands on Jesus, and is refracted now through everybody who loves Jesus, all to the end of making constructive difference in the world. It's not only the water on his head, it is the fire in his heart that ignited Jesus. Just as John promised, I splash you with water, but the one who is coming will fill you with fire. So what does all of that have to do with us? <laughs> Everything. If Jesus saw a ripped open heaven, welcomed the Spirit, heard the voice, then something new is afoot. And baptized people are a part of. The Gospels call it the kingdom of God. A non-geographical dominion that continues and broadens the work of Jesus. Washed in the waters of baptism and named in the beloved in the name of the Trinity, we all have work. It doesn't matter if we spend our time building houses or cleaning them. God has something to, for us to do in our lives. It doesn't matter if we are retired, if we are employed, if we are looking for work. Our baptized life is a ministry. And whether we punch numbers into a machine or we make life and death decisions with just a simple stroke of a pen, what matters is that we serve God every hour of every day. We have been baptized to follow Jesus ever since he was immersed in the River Jordan and stood up to see the world had changed. When Jesus was baptized, God named him as king. And those of us who are baptized in his name are called to live as if Jesus really is the ruler of the heaven and earth. And it won't be easy, folks. There are forces that will hurt and destroy human life. There are demons to cast out. There are telephones to answer. There are headaches to cast away, and there's also furnaces to fix. There are sins to forgive and equities to establish. But most of all, there are people who need a lot of love. And it matters what we do with the time that God has given to us. Baptism is more than knowing that somebody got a little wet. Baptism guides the way that you and I live. And what matters most is how we live after the water has dried. Christianity must be personal, but it's never private. We need baptism. We need Holy Communion. We need the preaching of the gospel. We need one another in Christian fellowship. 
every congregation, every denomination must experience an ongoing reformation of its forms, its ways, and its means. And we must always ask how our life as an organization is bearing witness to the existence of a living organism which St. Paul called the body of Christ, the church. So this morning, when you come to the altar and you come to, to drink the, the unfermented wine, you come to eat the bread of Holy Communion, it should remind you of God's tremendous love for you. And when you, you feel the bread in your hand and, and you taste the wine, I hope you will remember, you will remember the lamb who died on the cross so that you might live. And remember the the lamb who laid down his life just to say, I love you, my child. And remember the lamb who is with you to forgive, to heal, to strengthen, and to restore. Above all, remember the lamb of God. Amen.